Let's get to our show. All right, it is a good old-fashioned January. We're wrapping up January here. It's January 21st. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. Here, McCauley, great Zach Rothenberg, Chad Cashman here, taking you into a Thursday evening here in the Philadelphia area. I don't know, I'm always going to get our location this time, you know. Um, but, you know, you can see in our description, a lot of football chatter in our boys. I am on edge. And it's funny, I, I was sharing a story. My mom's going to be embarrassed now because I, I, have, I have to do this to her. Uh, we were talking before before the show, and she <clears throat> she recommended to me, you know, me not be so nervous today, you know, because of, you know this whole thing on Sunday. Even though it'll be like ninety six hours away, I think um, I'm nervous a lot. Yeah, a good bit, uh, seventy two hours, I think. Um, but anyway, who's counting? But yeah, so I don't know how I'm going to do that, guys. I, I don't know. I don't know how. So I, I'm going to really rely on you guys to carry the show tonight because I'm going to be over here just like in my own thoughts and just kind of freaking out. So, yeah. Well, what are you guys doing, though? Okay, well, I think, yeah. I, I was just going to I was just gonna say, I don't know how Kieran got, uh, let's see, three games with Boston and Tom Brady all in the same week, but that's that's what we're living right now. <laughs> You're right. I mean, think about that with the Flyers and the Sixers, too. Yeah, the Sixers played one last night, one tomorrow, or one. Oh, these guys can't get all the luck out. I can't even want to, like, the Flyers need to lose tonight. <laughs> or tomorrow, <laughs> or, or whatever. But sorry, Zach, what were you saying? I, was like, I think I can speak for Chad, too, with this. I think we're pretty envious of the position you're in. So, you know, you should no, I know. enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. I know, this yeah. is really me sitting here being like, guys, I am, this is so annoying. I don't have a car that I drop off my Bugatti at the shop. It's like, okay, like, come on, Karen, like, cry harder. But it's, I know. But at the same point, hey. I was seeing you guys, Tom Brady's the devil. But I'll tell you, we'll, we'll get into the whole show. We've got a good, good show for everyone lined up. Uh, so obviously we'll have all the championship Sunday previews and all that fun stuff ready to go. And I don't know why I had to like, talk in my hands tonight. You know what? It's because you just hired Nick Sirianni. Call your mother, Chad. You know, like the Italian thing, you know. And so I'm just getting excited with a little hand talking. But, yeah, talk, uh, talk about the hands. It's tight. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. It. You know, you guys are both Italian. You understand. Um, I'm Irish, but, you know, whatever. I'm... It happens. You know, you read the Jungle Book. It's kind of like that thing. Like, I'm, you know, raised by wolves. But, um, all right. But anyway, so, I don't know. I'm, this is this is me. Like, I am, like, coffee on a keyboard right now. Like, I'm the, the furthest thing from calm. But we also have a lot of NFL chatter, too. Like I said, the Eagles obviously made a coaching hire a couple hours before our show. Um, and I obviously have to look at my notes because I can't even remember off the top of my head. Philip Rivers, there's been a lot of stuff. Though. I mean, Philip Rivers retired. Ted Thompson passed away. Uh, yesterday, which sucks, but we'll get into all the NFL news in just a second. Um, and then we have show versus street too, Zach, which is always fun. Chad, it's funny. We didn't really tell you that segment too much, but we're going to kind of fill you in as the show goes along. Cause it'll give our new audience a little backdrop. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. And we'll get the chat cooking. So it's going to be a good time tonight. Um, all right. But I'll tell you, let's jump in. You guys want to do a little clickbait before we get started? Yeah. Got to clean it sure. up. Yeah. Z, you want to get us uh, <laughs> jumping and bumping? Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, so Saturday night is the return of Conor McGregor um, out of his third retirement. And uh, as you know, anyone who has the ESPN app has probably been getting five Conor McGregor alerts every day this week. So one I got, I think it was today or yesterday, um, Dana White says that the real Conor McGregor is ready for UFC. Like, what does the real Conor McGregor mean? I mean, the guy is one of the best UFC fighters of all time. Like, what have we not seen yet? What, like, it, Conor McGregor is the Floyd Mayweather of UFC when it comes to every little thing that gets said is blown way out of proportion. And uh, I can't wait for Saturday to be over. I don't think it's going to stop after Saturday, but, you know. Well, what, do you go to Portugal or something, too, for 10 weeks? Who knows? I honestly just stopped reading it. It's all clickbait at this point. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
Um, I'm excited for the fight, though. Should be good. But yeah, do you want to paint us? I guess we'll, do you want to do that at the end of the show too? We'll do a little, little painted picture for us. I'll put sure, you on the yeah. spot. I give a little, give a little high level. Uh, yeah. little Dustin Poirier yeah. versus uh, Danny Boy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's be fun. Um, it's funny. My one buddy wrestled with him in college. McGregor or, Poir- or Poirier? Poirier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, yeah, no. So it was funny because they both wrestled at Oklahoma State. And it was, this was like, uh, I don't know, it was a while ago. I remember he was telling about it. And he wants some big fight now. Obviously, he's like, you know, well on his way. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a contender. Yeah. Um, all right. I'll say it's that point. You know who's uh, not contending for the for a job is my clickbait. Um, so this is a little outdated, but you know I can still rectify it, and make it interesting. Uh, I guess Chad, your uh, your players were texting your owner Jeffrey Lurie, uh, lobbying for Juice Staley to get hired, and we just found out that he's not getting hired um, as a head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, and we can we can dive into the um, the circuits of this in a million different ways, right? He's been with the with the Eagles for about ten years as a coach. Uh, I think we're going on 12, yeah. 12. And, and obviously he had a, yeah, it's been, you know... Um, been a while. Yeah, he obviously has a strong resume with his playing career as well there. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, first of all, have you heard anything on, like, will he probably be the OC? Like, are they keeping him around? Does he want to stay around? Like, like does at this point, do you feel like, all right, I've been passed up on this promotion X amount of times. Like, I'm out of here to try for greener pastures. Like, what, what is your, I guess, sense as an Eagles fan? I'll, I'll try to spin the clickbait here. So... Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of out on Eagles beat writers, but they all kind of seem to agree on this point. Which usually, when they all agree, it's it, it, it seems to happen, um, or at least actually makes sense. Um, but they're saying that they think that uh, that Deuce stays as offensive coordinator, um, and then who else? It was uh, offensive line coach as well. Um, but outside of that, it seems that we're going to clean house. Um, well, I guess that's, you know, uh, his decision to make, uh, Nick, but, uh, um, it seems like it, it might be Deuce and, and our offensive line coach thing, but that'll be it. All right. And, and we'll dive into the, the Sirianni hire in just a second, but, um, I'll tell you, Chad, you got one too. I mean, you got the Eagles one too. It's funny because this one was, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter well, when, when you guys hired your coach, this take just sucks for the record. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's my good friend. Uh, Joseph Giulio, um, who it was actually a, a link to his show last night. So he was trying to get people, you know, to, to listen to his six to ten uh, night slot on WIP. Um, uh, but it was a tweet that just said, and like I said, this is from last night. It's time for Jeff Lurie to right the wrong. Call Doug Peterson, apologize, and offer him his job back. Re- rehire Doug with a link to his show. Like, the thing about that is, it's just, his takes are just, you know that they're not 100% legit. Like, he's just trying to get people engaged. But, like, where does that, like, that didn't even enter my mind. Like, how does that enter the guy's mind? I think, like, you know what? I should probably say that we're going to rehire Doug. I don't know. Just bad intent. That's just clickbait intentions on that. Well, I was even gonna, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like this is when probably clickbait was born at some point in time when someone like Joe Julio <laughs> came along and everyone was like, I've got to call this something. Like, this is so bad. Yeah. Like, you know you're just going on this just to get the click. And so it was like clickbait. And it was like, oh, there we go. Like, and, like, yeah. It, it, yeah. 
So, you know what's funny is, so you know how, uh, I'll just go into the whole story, is, is Angelo Cataldi has, has the morning show. Um, he's had that slot for, what, 20 years at this point, 30 years? Yeah, I know you're going with this, too. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, he usually has guests, as, as any uh, radio host would. Um, but the guests are always, like, players, coaches. Uh, he'll have the head coach of, of, of every team on weekly during their season. Um, but it's usually just people that you'd want to hear from, right? So this morning when I got in my car, I had seen that tweet last night, but I was like, yeah, I didn't really pay any mind. I knew it was just Jojo being Jojo. Um, but I get in my car this morning, and and Angelo is just like, oh, we're going to have Joe on in, in, in the next five minutes. Uh, he had just one of those terrible Jojo takes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. So they, they actually had a five-minute segment where they brought Joey on. Angelo was like, uh, so was this a joke? And then he was like, no, no, like, this, this was real. Like, I didn't get misquoted. No, I'm fine. Like, that was, I said that. Um, and he's like, are you on drugs? <laughs> he just straight up asked the man. Um, and I was, oh, man, like, to have your own station call you and have you on for a segment to defend yourself on just something that stupid he, he just kind of hang it up. Like he, it, he woke up at six in the morning when he just got done and work at ten to talk to Angelo. Like, jeez. The, the station probably had him do that to like save face because that was such a horrible tweet and they have representing that station. They're like, all right, we got to bash it now. <laughs> probably. It's so bad. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh. Well, oh. Let me just give a goal there for a second. Just you know how like you just sometimes think things and then you know, but. Um, I'm like, bad things are like just juggling around in my head right now. So I'm nervous. I'm like, the chat's got us going though. Hey, we got always an one fan cooking. Um, say what up to us. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, it's, it's, it's a different time, Chad, as we, you know, move into this, this realm of, of the NFL coaching search. So, okay. So let's just dive into that. Let's do, you want to do, before we do like the championship previews, you guys want to do a little like just NFL chatter in general? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. All right, so I mean, start with the uh, chat. Let's start with the birds. So you guys hire Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. I have to do it the entire time. Just because Sirianni, you know, I mean, Zach's dealt with me doing this before on the show many a times. Chat. I'm sorry. It's my I watched The Sopranos once, and now I can't stop you know doing these types of antics. But um, but anyway, so you, you, all right. So you're hiring. Uh, what was it? 39 year old offensive coordinator uh, under the Frank Bright tree. Uh, he was also with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and now he comes to Philadelphia. So I guess off the top, I'll just put you on the spot. What do you think? Uh, and you're feel free, obviously, you can say whatever you want. But I mean, like, feel free to like add in like how you feel like this will work with like Howie and like Jeffrey Lurie and just that whole you know thing with the fan base being kind of pissed at those guys. Yeah. So I mean, initially, um, you know, you, you you see the the notification that, that the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, and you're just like. All right. I mean, he's a head coach. Um, it's, it's, it's a guy that's going to take the role, right? You're just like, you don't know anything about him. Um, so you're kind of immediately thinking that he's just going to be a puppet, like kind of someone that, that the, the front office can control, um, which is ultimately what a lot of people thought they wanted in this hire. Um, but the more and more that the day went on and I was able to either hear or see some, like, you know, actual takes about the man, like people that played for him, um, have been on his staff, or been on the same staff as him before, those kind of things. 
started to see that this may have actually been a pretty decent hire. Um, so he's he's one of those guys that's, you know, they people that worked with him in the past have said he's, like, always there, he's always attentive, he's, he's always going above and beyond uh, his specific role on each of these teams. Um, and then Danny Woodhead was, was on 94.1 um, as well today. And he had probably about a 15, 20-minute segment. Um, so I, I got a lot of information from that. He obviously played for him um, when he was on the Chargers. So he had brought up that he actually thought that Sirianni was the best football knowledge hire in the whole, like, not just, like, you know, from the Eagles' point on, like, the whole entire set of coaches that just got hired. He thinks that, that Sirianni has the best, you know, football mind um, and just kind of stuff that he knows about the game. Um, he said the only downfall that he can think of or knows about would be that he's controlled um, rooms of people, um, but he has never controlled an entire team. So, and that's at any level. So, he, he just doesn't know how that's going to flow, which obviously is, is kind of concerning um, because he's your head coach. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I mean, obviously the owner knows that, the GM knows that, not to like, just jump in here, but like, I mean, right? right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's a lot that you have to just siphon through. Like, you know, the Jeff McClains of the world are going to be putting out there he's the worst hire in the world because he also just fuels himself on on bad news and likes to stir, up, stir the pot a little bit. Um, but when you really dig deep, this this might not be a bad hire. Um, it, it might be a guy that they're actually looking for. Um, they spent two days with him. So, like, read that how you will. Yeah, that's um, yeah, I mean, like, a fair amount of time. Right. Like, so he obviously was offering something that's a little bit more um, than what some of these other candidates may have, may have had to offer. Or if they just didn't even want the job, they kind of came in and said, you know, thanks for having me. See you later. Um, but, uh, so, I, I mean, I like it, but as, as far as it goes between Howie and, um, and Larry, I don't know what that brings. Um, again, this is all stuff that I'm hearing and, and reading, but apparently, apparently Larry doesn't have as much invested in Howie as some of the people want to say that we have invested in Howie. Um, apparently, a lot of these decisions are being made by him. Uh, Howie, Howie wanted McDaniels. We, we obviously didn't hire McDaniels. Howie actually, this is, I just heard this today. Howie wanted to try and keep Doug. Um, and, and Larry was the one that, that stepped in and was like, this is, this is the wrong time for that. So um, I, I don't. I don't know how, how it's going to blend. I don't know if this guy is a yes man. Um, so we're going to have to see on that front. And uh, I think, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of different coordinators, you know, offensive, defensive, special teams coordinators come in and do a really, you know, good job as a head coach. And I think one thing that's good is for Sirianni is he comes from, you know, that Chargers team in 2014, 2017 he was with was, that was one of their better, but they're the better years for the Chargers, I would say, you know, before Patrick Mahomes in the division. And uh, being around, you know, those type of teams, those successful teams, and obviously the Chiefs organization is another, you know, strong organization to be a part of. And the Colts lately, obviously, have been 
one of the top tier, um, you know, organizations as well. So I think coming from that type of background, I think bodes well for the Eagles. I, you know, it's one of those hires where you like shake your head. You're like, who the hell is this guy? And like, not to compare yeah. to the Giants, but it's the same thing with Joe Judge. You're like, who's Joe Judge? You know, like, I know for me, I was, the hires remind me of the same thing. Yeah, it's a very similar like feel. You know, so I think the pe- the pedigree that he brings is, is strong. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's the ones that come out you know out of nowhere that end up you know being the best hires. Yeah, and I think that two-day point is interesting too, right? Because, I mean, the one thing I loved about LaFleur, and here's the one, it's funny because I want to make two points. The first one, just to backtrack to the beginning of the segment, not to just discredit everything we're about to say and have said already, but I love how many takes there are on Twitter already with this. Right? Like, this is great, this sucks, like, it, you have no idea! Yeah, and, and, and that people, like, with that one, do, that, this was wrong, do say I should have been hired. How the hell are you, you weren't in the interview? Like, Come on, like, right, I mean, this is the ultimate, and the, I mean, it happens, but it's the ultimate thing where it's like, all right, let's sit tight and see what this coach can do. But just, I feel like in football, people, if they don't know someone, they panic and they say they're going to suck just because they don't know, have any kind of familiarization with them. But in reality, I think that's the best type of hire because it's like, what do you want to bring Rex Ryan back? You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. And it's like, no, that's not going to work. And you see the coaches like Adam Gase when he goes to one place and goes there. Andy Reid's really the only pl- guy that's gone somewhere else that's worked. I mean, right, that I can think of offhand, Mike Holmgren maybe. Um, I mean, right, I mean, Belichick, I guess, sort of, I guess, because the Browns fired him first. But, you know what I mean? But, but besides that, it's not a ton. Um, but, but, yeah, I, so that's the first thing. And then um, the second thing I was saying, like, I, I like that you guys are getting someone, um, like I said, they're younger with the offense. I, I don't know. I just think that everyone has these hot takes um, about it. It's fine. I'm drawing a blank on the second thing that I was going to say because um, I got so hot about the first thing. Because I, I just kept seeing on Twitter all day, they should have done this. They should have done that. I'm like, no, you know. You don't know. Like, just, this is the ultimate. Just ride it out. Um, oh, no, I got what I was going to say. So you talked about the two-day part, Chad, and what I like, and, and Zach, correct me, I have no idea about the Giants part, so let me know how it went with Joe Judge on this. I liked from the Packers' perspective, right, Like, because I didn't, I don't know, they're hiring a million people two years ago when they hired before. And LaFleur was kind of on the back end of that first round of interviews, and they'd even said before they interviewed him that they were going to be doing a second round, basically weaning it out in the first round and dropping into a smaller bucket of people for the second round. And LaFleur interviewed so well that they wouldn't let him leave and they hired him, right? And that kind of sounds like what, what happened here with Sirianni, right? Like if he stayed a second day, you know, you know what I mean? Right? So, and Zach, I don't know, did that happen with Joe Judge? Like, did he interview so well that they actually said, all right, screw it, we're hiring him anyway? Yeah, it was pretty quick with him. I mean, I think it was, we hired, we, uh, we interviewed him on like a Monday and I think he was hired Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. It was pretty so nice. It's almost like, you know, you know, with these guys, I feel like these, these owners, these GMs, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, one thing I'm really interested, in, I think, as an Eagles fan, I'd be, I would be excited about is uh, you saw how the Colts' offense was this year and how well they used their running backs. And Miles Sanders, exactly. I mean, you know, someone who watches the Eagles from like afar, obviously, knows what's going on with the team. I <laughs> thought Miles, I thought Miles Sanders was kind of under you, know, underutilized lately. I know he wasn't healthy the whole year either, but. I think you could expect that, you know, obviously there's a lot of time left and not making hot takes in January, but I think either you could expect a monster season from Miles Sanders if he brings over a similar philosophy. Philly. I, I love our first hot take of uh, 2021 is on January 21st. Hey, you know, got to start the year <laughs> off strong, right? Yeah, I love it. About um, to, I feel bad. Yeah, at that point, we want to, we want to start off on, you know, uh, a strong note, but th- this, this news sucks. 
Um, and obviously, it's, it sucks a lot for me as a Packers fan, uh, but really just the NFL starting in general. Just Ted Thompson passing away yesterday, and they announced it you know, today at the age of 68. Uh, it sucks. His birthday was just uh, last week, too. Um, I mean, you know, everyone's going to sit there and talk about, oh, he drafted Aaron Rodgers. He drafted Aaron Rodgers. He drafted Aaron. I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to, to reading more about his life. Um, just even today, I was reading some stuff, and just I never realized he never got married, that basically, like, the team was, like, his wife, basically, like, you know, he got, he was hired off the Seahawks staff in the front office in 92. And then, uh, his first, uh, task was to look at film on Brett Favre. Um, it was cool. I was reading a story that they were saying, I guess, Ron Wolf asked him to look at film on him. And Ron Wolf said, like, what do you think? And he said, well, what do you think? And he said, I think we're going to spend another one pick on this guy. And he said, I think you ought to do that. So then they traded a first round pick to the Falcons for him. And you know, the rest is history. But, um, and then obviously drafted Favre with his first pick in 2005 as GM and, you know, um, you know, I mean, Devontae, I mean, there's a million, Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, I mean, like Kenny Clark, there's so many different guys that you can, you can reel off that he's, you know, brought in the talent. Um, but I mean, more so, right. I mean, just the type of person you keep hearing. That's what sucks when you hear these types of stories about people in sports that you never knew. We just see so many different figures speaking out about how great of a person they were. Um, so yeah, that's just my two cents on, I know the NFL's morning, but, uh, I saw that news today too in the NFL chatter world. Yeah, no, it's a shame. I mean, you know, it's, Still, still very young, and uh, you know, considering life expectancy nowadays, so it's uh, sad to hear any time, and you know, thoughts for his family for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, I'll tell you, let's we'll move on to some some. Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, this we'll, we'll put this on on a positive tone. All right, so and Zach, I know this is kind of uh, not to be not to jeer you here, your little man crush here, with Phil Rivers, um, announcing his retirement earlier this week. Uh, what was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or yesterday. So, yeah, after 17 years, number 17 hangs it up. Um, 16 years with the Chargers, you're at the Colts. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's totally shocked by this. Um, I know, Zach, you, you loved watching him play. We all did. I mean, I mean he's, yeah. uh, I, I, we're going to get to the whole Hall of Fame discussion later, so we'll, we'll, we'll pause on that. Um, yeah. That's a little hint for everyone later with, with the segment. But anyway... Um, Zach, I'll turn it to you first because I know you really enjoyed watching him probably more than, I mean, not, not more than Chad and I, but I know he's he had a special spot in your heart for as a fan of the NFL watching football. Yeah, for sure. So my dad's a Chargers fan. So, you know, we always try to watch as many Chargers games as we could, you know, on TV during the Rivers era. And, uh, you know, that just that draft class from 2004, obviously, you know, with Eli, Phillip, and then I also like Big Ben. So those three kind of have a, a hold on me, if you will. But a little interesting fact. So, you know, do you know why he decided to retire on January 20th? Uh, it was what? Is it was ACL day? Yeah, no. St. Sebastian's Feast Day. No? Yeah, St. Yeah, Sebastian's Feast Day. And he's uh, you know, the saint of, uh, of athletes, apparently. So, <laughs> Rivers is a pretty religious guy, so that's why he did it. I was telling my dad, uh, I guess he didn't realize that he never curses. No. He's oh, no. Dog on it. Dog on it. Yeah, dog on it. Dog on it, yeah. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Shoot. Yeah. He's uh he's nine kids too, so you know, God bless him. <laughs> I know. It's so cool. He's he's one of those unique characters in the NFL. You'll probably never you'll never see that type of you'll never see another Philip Rivers, you know what I mean? That sucks. But it's just and that's why it's like fun to celebrate his career. Yeah, I just thought he was like a classic, you know, blue collar leadership like great leader, you know, um just great teammate. Um he performed well towards the end of his career, obviously. We saw the Hail Mary on his last game. His arm strength isn't really there anymore, but, uh, you know, oh, no, he was definitely bad. fun to watch. And he, he, was, he was a fighter. You know, he played through so many injuries. And, uh, you know, 
it's good to see. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, happy retirement for sure. We'll miss watching him. He, he was, you know, obviously full of thrill. So uh, the, the, he is a thrill to watch, but the funny thing about him, um, I mean, it's a little, it's not funny, but like he would just lead all these sorts of late game comebacks and heroics and all that stuff. And I just, his defense would give up some sort of a score almost immediately after. I've never seen that kind of thing happen more times than I've seen with Phil Rivers. Like it was just, I don't know how, how it could be, but it's just that man lost so many games the same exact way. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, and it's so true. <laughs> I know. You must be like a modern-day Dan Marino a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to bring good old Dan Marino up later. Yeah, okay. Right. That'll be fun. All right. So, at that point, let's move on. So, let's, let's just keep in the quarterback round. Jesse Twain Haskins signed with the Steelers. Yeah, what, what was that? <laughs> See, I think that's a, I like that move because, and we're not going to sit here and talk about this for a while because this isn't important at all. But um, I feel like this is good because, right, like Mike Tomlin's like a no BS place. He's going to be a civilian. Like, Look, man, like this is it, right? Got it? Like you're not playing really good football. We obviously see some type of talent in you. You're kind of close to your home in Ohio with that whole get up with Ohio State. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I just. He can't go to the Bengals or Browns. Like they can't rescue him. It's gotta be a it's gotta be a nurturing place like Pittsburgh where like there's just that discipline and like it's like sending a kid to military school, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, if, if Ben retires, obviously, then what that's gonna do for that quarterback room, you know, and their draft strategy and everything. So Yeah, and whether it Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs, I think. Yep. 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 So what did this not have to was it the press squad? I don't know. He got a one-year deal. They did just cut um, Duck Hodges yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Duck Hodges. Sam. RK. <laughs> it was fun to watch him play. Yeah, I wanted some that game. Um, well, so speaking of, well, let's just keep it in the AFC uh, North here for a second. So we don't. I want to go. I want to go this like deep down the road, but I also want to hear from the chat on this one too. Everyone's, you know. Bitching and complaining about this, this Browns, you know, reaching out for the pylon, get up, and everyone's like, the rules gotta be changed, the rules gotta be changed. I just personally feel like I'm not a fan of when we all woke up that day, no one was expecting to say, hey, maybe we should take a look at this rule. Right now, it's like, this is horrible, change it! It's like, okay, like, slow down, right? Like, we're, especially in a playoff game, we're in the heat of the moment here. I don't know. I feel like we're maybe overreacting a little bit. And I will also, you know, I'll just give my take first, I guess, and I'll let you guys just rip it apart if you feel so, uh, to, you know, feel, feel need to, I should say. But I feel like when we play in a league, or well, not we, but like as, you know, the football world, we live in a world where it's an offensive league, right? Like the, the most penalties favor the offense, right? The defense can't do a whole lot. It's like, hold on the football. And it was funny because I'm watching these segments on ESPN and NFL Network where they're complaining about this. And you see, like, different ones where the guys, like, basically, like, just dropping it forward over the pylon. I'm like, that's the whole reason the rule existed. Basically saying you got to hold on to the football. And all you have to do is break the plane. Like, they make it easy for you. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's, like, hold on to the football. Like, I, I don't know. That's just my take. But anyway. Yeah. So, I, 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 I agree with you, like, in a quarter of the sense where it, it like. I like how you're looking I, at that. A quarter. not You're not three-fourths against me. You're just a quarter with me. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's because, like, I, I get what you're saying is, like, it's, uh, everyone makes the argument when it physically happens, and that's annoying, and you don't really even remember it, you know, the other um, 100 games where it doesn't happen. 
Um, but I will say, beyond just that rule, I kind of think that we should be able to challenge a targeting or helmet-to-helmet play. Like, for all the things that can be challenged, how that is not challengeable is beyond me. Like, because that solves it right there. You call it helmet-to-helmet, the football goes back to the Browns, that rule doesn't even come into play. All right, we're walking, Zach, I feel bad, I'm not cutting you out. I have to add one thing, though. I feel like we're, and we, we talked about this before. I feel like we're walking a slippery slope, though, when you have two people literally diving. But it's not like you, he's going to actually lay a hand on his head. It, like, he's not expecting that guy to actually drop his. It's like two people dropping their head at the same time and colliding kind of a thing. So, like, yeah. you're right. I think you should be able to, to challenge that. But then, once again, it's a slippery slope because it's like, you know, I've been there playing middle school football. You know, it's like where you're just laying out and your head hits another guy. It's like you're not trying to do it. It's just that you're both diving at the same point trying to bring the guy down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. I, you, you make a lot of sense on that. But I do like that with the chat was saying, too. Why not give them the ball at, like, the two-yard line instead of the 20 or, like, the 10 or the 5? That, I like, I think the it's opposing, a little crazy. The opposing that, team? Yeah, so, like, the defense recovers and they get, like, the 5 or something like that. Makes it a little tougher. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just hate – the only thing I hate about that rule, I don't care where the football is placed, to be honest. It's just the fact that that's the only spot on the field where the ball gets given back to the other team. When they really um, didn't do anything, I guess, to yeah, get it. Yeah, especially that's, that's, if they like, gave up a touchdown and they got lucky. I'm like, it's, like, it's, it's one of those quirky rules. I mean, it happens. The way I look at it is if you're pissed off about the rules, probably because your team did it. Not like you do. I just mean like in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah. And that was it. Like, the first thing is you, if you're – look, you know, I yell at the TV a good bit. I'd be screaming, hold on the football. Like, you, know, I mean, you know I'd be screaming that because it's like, you got to hold on the football. Like, that's, that's the end of the game. And then that's why I lost. And, like, and if they won that game, would people even really be talking about this? They'd be like, oh, man, well, look at that adversity they overcame. But how about that? You know, like, no, no one's talking about this rule. Sorry, Zach, I, I cut you out there. <laughs> no, no, I mean, both make a point. I kind of lean towards the side that, you know, we're, we're, we're Chad's saying as well. Um, but to the point, Kieran, that you said about how no one talks about it until it happens, Maybe the rule com- rules committee needs to do a better job every offseason thinking of things that don't give the like this gives the league a little bit of a bad look because of this controversial decision, right? Maybe they just need to look a little, little bit harder at such penalty, at such rule, the helmeting thing, the target, the, the targeting um, penalty, and not being able to challenge that is another great point too. I mean, why why can't that be challenged? Because that's a crucial players get ejected because of that, you know. So. Um, I think there's just a lot. I don't really have a stance. I mean, like I said, I lean towards more that I think it needs to get revisited and, re- and looked at a little bit differently. But, yeah, it's just uh, – I don't really know what else to add with it. So. Yeah, no, I know. We basically we, – we, we, we juiced that piece of fruit, and then we're like, here you go. What else says Zach? Here you go. Take a piece of the peel. Like, but, no, I mean <laughs> – no, I, I, but I think – I just don't like – well, it's funny you mentioned that you, you had a good point because I was watching Good Morning Football this week, and they were saying, I guess – when the rules committee, like, they brought this up in a meeting, like, years ago, and they said, like, didn't come up enough for them to make a change. That's why the rule is what it is. So I, I would almost be like, all right, like, that, that's not, it's not exactly, a, you know, a ring endorsement on why the rule should stand. But at the same point, I'm just a big believer in don't let the moment be the reason for change. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's you, the principle that changes it, not the moment kind of thing. Here's a caveat. If Rashard Higgins knows the rule, and what what would happen? Maybe maybe he does. I mean, I'm sure he knew the rule, but maybe in that moment, like he wasn't fully aware of himself. 
maybe you don't do that and risk that happening. So maybe instead of the rule needing to be changed, maybe you're swaying me, Karen. Maybe instead of the rule needing to be changed, maybe the, everyone needs to be more aware. Exactly. And it's not like they're saying, oh, by the way, if you fumble the ball at any point, it rolls out of bounds. There's no, just don't, like, like it can't get in the end zone and then go out of bounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, it's a 10-yard little gap in the end zone. It's yeah. not like it's that much. Like, if he, if he had fumbled at the one-yard line, you still get it. <laughs> and what was, was that a first, was that a, like a down and goal, or was that like? Did he have a uh, first you know, down? Already? Actually, I have. Let's. You know, I think I he was getting a first down on that play. I believe he was. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. So, what well, he had a first down already in that play, and then we're gonna look at some B roll before we we <laughs> yeah. we got to get to it before you know. And everyone's gonna see this a little bit later when we break down the the Chiefs and the Bills. But you know what? We'll give a little sneak preview. Well, Chiefs are look. It's almost like this. Like the passes to the man, and boom goes the dynamite. Like <laughs> when you're doing the highlights. Um, trying to kill time here to you know entertain the crowd. Uh, all right, I think it's I think it's this play. Yeah, it's this play. So it's first and ten. He did get a first down. So all right, so they had a first down. That would have been another first down, and then there's the play right there. So gotcha. um, yeah. All right, I was just just curious from like a context. If no, I thought that was funny it, going back and reviewing you know, the tape. Yeah, 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 I like that. A little little little, little uh, was it Coach K Max uh, clipboard or whatever? Remember we did that one time. Yeah, Coach came back. When right. I was wanting about how you should always like kneel down and burn the clock, and I guess it because Todd Gurley was an idiot that one week. Yeah, that's right. Who was but the yeah. other person that did it? Oh, I forget. I forget because it, it did happen again. Yeah, it happened like that. Oh, it was. Uh, I feel like it was a college game. Yeah. Oh my God, I forget what college game it was, but it doesn't matter. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else? I mean, do you guys want to talk real quick? All right. Actually, no. I want to throw <laughs> throw one thing. Did you guys hear? Dan Campbell's press conference day for the Lions. Yeah, I, I actually I thought of you in that moment, to be honest. I know. All right, here, let me. Let, I'm going to play it real quick for everyone, um, in case you didn't hear. And I guess there's a slight cuss word in there, but you know, he he even pardons himself. So here, I'll play it for everybody. It's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. That uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit. So excuse my language. All right. Here's what I do know: is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city. All right. And the city's been been down, and it found a way to get up. All right. It's found a way to uh, overcome adversity. All right. And so this team's going to be built on. Uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up. And then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up. And then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing, all right? That's going to be the mentality. So I mean, off the off the cusp, uh, I, I I always I don't know why the first thing I thought of when I saw this was Uncle Buck with the hatchet scene where he's like take a little bit off the old kneecap, you know, and he kept talking about how like if you get hit down once, like you're gonna get back and like chew the guy's kneecap, and then you get hit down again, you're gonna chew the other one out, and then you're gonna get hit down. Oh man, uh, what what was uh, the question? I guess Chad, you were asking me before we jumped into that was as a Packers fan, what am I feeling? Emotional, you know, stuff. No, I was just saying I thought I, I thought I, the first thought that came to my mind when I was hearing him say that was just you watching one of these Packers Lions games down the road, Rogers getting hit, and he'd you just be like, Oh my god, they killed him. 
Oh, see, well, you know, the funny thing is, I, you know, not, and this every Lions fan's praying one day I just get the smirk wiped off my face. But, but for now, I'm going to do it. And, and I've seen this movie before. It's the same thing that Bears hire a coach and they say, we're here to beat the Packers. You know, and it's just like, and the Lions coach is always like, we suck. We're not going to suck anymore on my watch. We're going to be a hard-nosed football team, but we're going to play discipline and we're going to play smart. And it's just like, how's 5-11 go, guys? You know, it's like, it's the same story every year. So it's like, aren't they trading Matt Stafford probably? Most likely. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that screams 4-12 and 12 to me. <laughs> it's a, it's like save that for a halftime speech, man, or a pregame speech. Uh, it's a, to me, it was a, maybe I'm more too traditional. It was extremely unprofessional in my opinion. But can I can I actually put you on the spot? And I'm not Zach. By no means, I love you. I'm not trying to like you know throw hands here. Wasn't that a little bit off the same branch though? The Joe Judge nope. though, like no nonsense, <laughs> we're playing hard nosed football. Like we're not going to give up. Like that tough guy kind of. And I'm not I'm not saying like because obviously I'm smirking around because it's lines. I'm not. Say that about the Giants. I'm actually saying it more so, like, I believe the Giants' culture, like, this could be maybe that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Judge's press conference was more, like, like kept together, though, whereas I feel like this guy was, like, someone who was staring at 25 Buffalo wings and had a need for two days, and he was just ravaging. You know what I mean? So, as much as I appreciate the energy, I thought it was a little, a little, a little too rough for me, but uh, maybe I'm sensitive. It's hard-ass. <laughs> Not be someone from like Upper Darby, you know what I mean? Like just like tough, blue collared, just like that. Like it's just that hard, like gridiron. Oh, I remember when we were, you know, Chester County Catholic school teams in middle school. Remember, Chad, we got our ass kicked by like St. Lawrence back in the day. Oh yeah, like uh, St. Dots. Oh, man, yeah, St. Dots. They had some big, they had some big boys. Yeah, they did. St. Alwyn's. <laughs> Man, this is terrible because you you would you would wake up, your dad wakes you up at like you know five in the morning. You drive all the way out to St. Alicia's for seven. Or Westchester Pike, it feels like for nine hours. Yeah, yeah, and then and then yeah, you get there and you just get you get smoked. Their entire team is like five yard line by five yard line by five yard line. Just like. God, we're gonna get killed. Like, there's not a crowd here. We're gonna get killed. And like, all their parents are lying. The, the the box of Joe from you know Dunkin' Donuts, and then like you know we had like the one parent like on St. Joe's like bringing like the bagels, and you're just like, don't bring the orange slices and bagels. We're screwed. Like, <laughs> um, but no, I'm, yeah, I remember one game we lost two nothing out there. Oh, we, got, like, we got a safety, Tyler Croft. Ironically enough, on the Bills right now. He, uh, he was in a he was a running back, and I remember we, we got the ball in like the one yard line. We ran like two handoffs. And I forget who got tackled in the backfield, but uh, we got a safety, and that was, that, that was it. We just played between the forties the, the rest of the game. We lost two nothing. But all right, no one cares about that at all in this show. All right, so let's bring it back. This is me trying to just like have a therapy moment because I'm you know scared about the Packers. Uh, you know, real quick before I jump in, that did you see that comment of the Lions hire Hannibal it does remind me. I feel like it would have been Dan Campbell would have been someone that uh, Russell Crowe would have fought in the Gladiator. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> Even like Joaquin Phoenix is like henchman. Oh yeah, <laughs> completely. Um, all right, but that's it. Probably Zach. Do you watch Good Morning Football all day? A little bit. A little Chad, bit. Well, Chad, I mean, are you in office right now? Are you? Yeah, no, we're we're in the warehouse, so I don't I don't I don't get to watch it anymore. Uh, Chad or uh, Zach, did you see that hoodie that Traeger had? Chiefs one about to pick your poison. That was cool. Yeah, I saw Alex Walker with uh, Mahomes, all the weapons they had. That was pretty funny. 
Yeah, I saw that on uh, on Twitter. I actually, I didn't catch it on the show, but yeah, I've only been watching like maybe twenty minutes a day of it. Yeah, no, that's how I am. It's just like a cup of coffee. Like I'll just sip mm-hmm. on a little bit and just move on. All right. Um, and, and speaking of moving on, let's move on to the playoff tree. All right, five or four. We talked about it on Monday, uh, but I feel like right now is the time to kind of like dive into it. You know, I feel like Monday was more of the recaps of the divisional rounds, and you know, just kind of me just sitting there, be like, oh my god, that was so much fun. We beat the Rams. It's all right, it's time, time to rock and roll. Final four. Uh, Bucks pack, Bills, Chiefs. Here we go. Championship Sunday. So uh, Buccaneers are visiting Lambeau Field uh, and playing the Packers at 3.05 Eastern Time or Fox, followed by the Chiefs and the Billy Boys. There's a reference for, uh, what was it, uh, Peaky Blindus. Uh, but the Bills are visiting Arrowhead and the defending champion Chiefs. I feel like we're doing like an NFL Network program here, or like promo here. I'm just, I'm just reading, like just well, I'm not even reading. I'm just saying, but talking, whatever. I, this is how nervous I am when I'm looking at these graphics. I can't. It's like my mouth's falling down the stairs. Um, all right, let's start with the NFC game because I feel like this will be good for me to kind of continue on with the show in a positive light because I'm freaking out right now. Um, Zach. I'm going to put you on the spot with this question, right? Like, and and actually, we'll we'll kind of do this just moving forward with both games. How much? And and tell me this: if, if it's different for both matchups, how much is that Week Six affair between the Bills and the Chiefs and the Packers and Bucks? Obviously, the Bills and the Packers both lost. Not, I mean, obviously, the Packers lost worse than the Bills did, but they both lost. The Bills lost at home. Um, Kind of like how much does that mean moving forward? I mean, right? Because obviously, there's the traditional takes of the extremes where it's like it means a lot. The team exposed them. The other person's gonna be like, it doesn't mean anything. It was the regular season it doesn't count for anything. Like, so yeah. where, where are you in that spectrum? Yeah, uh, I have a couple different opinions on that. I think you know that happened what three months ago. Uh, you know, it was, yeah. probably, it was probably early October, mid October. It was like October. 14th, 15th, yeah. 16th, 17th, 19th. I think. Uh, yeah, and I really think that each team is is different. Now, uh, I think I think you know time is you know over that three month span. I think they've uh, kind of sharpened their edges and gotten you know a little bit more, a little better. Obviously, at this point in the season, so I don't really know how much they you know we can really compare those those games. To uh, you know, there was one other and, and another thing. You know, it's hard to beat a team twice, obviously, as we know. So, you know, who knows? It, it's just tough to beat a team twice. And I think. For example, I think that the Chiefs come in a little bit banged up, and I know we're going to get that game here in a little bit to dive further into that. But I think, you know, from a Bills perspective, I think the momentum is a little bit different in this this time around. And I think, you know, with the Packers and the Bucks, I honestly think it's a, it's a similar story. But mainly, I think because it's three months apart, I think it, you can't really take too much away from it. Though. And I like what the chat was saying too. By always your normal fans, that I feel like the Packers' defense getting better has been. Kind of the the remedy, the tums on on the the acid reflux, if you will, the heartburn of like the oh well, like that week six bloatedness, right? Like it's kind of helped them. They've been getting pressure. Kenny Clark's been playing out of his mind, right? He was hurt in the beginning of the year. I I actually can't remember. Did he play that game? I don't think he. I do not think he did. I thought he. I thought the Falcons game was the first game he was back, but I could be wrong um, on that. And uh, Devontae Adams that was his first game back. Alan Lazard didn't play. Uh, Sorry, Green. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, so, so you know, <laughs> we got a shot here. Uh, but I mean, at the same point, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many layers to this. I think Devin White is the first spot I go to, Chad. I mean, you love, a, I mean, you're a Penn State football. I mean, both you guys are Penn State football fans, but you guys love a good, quick linebacker that can slash you a good offensive line. And with the zone blocking scheme, that there are those tiny little bubbles. Obviously, Packers' offensive line has been very good. 
Um, but he really slashed them up in that first matchup. I mean, how like how, I'm not going to sit here like Chad, tell us how we you know how he stopped them. Like, but right, am, am I wrong? Is he really like X factor? You feel like in this entire game because I feel like he could be what stops the Packers offense if they stop the Packers offense. Now we got a game. Yeah, so let me let me break this down for you. He is going to be the X factor, but. It's the X factor because Aaron Rodgers is having sleepless nights every night, just watching film, just deciding how he's just going to pick Devin Wade apart. He's not—he's going to win the game. Obviously, that's going to be his first intention. But I really do think, from all the years that we've seen Aaron Rodgers play football, that he saw that comment. I guarantee you, he saw that comment, and he is going to make sure there's at least three to four plays on film for everybody to see where he just flat out embarrasses Devin White with somebody. It could be Devontae. It could be Allen. It could be Tunyon. It doesn't really matter. He's going to find somebody. When he, when he sees that they're on right, he's going to just, you know, that, that, that little look that me and you always talk about where he just looks at somebody, has an eye, and then they just run some like, ridiculous play that works. Like, that'll happen three to four times on Devin White this weekend. See what he did to Jalen Ramsey. See what he did. What he did to Jalen Ramsey last week. They're gonna. They're gonna game plan around Devin White being that guy. Yeah, but like that. That Jalen Ramsey. Like I know there's a little bit back and forth between Devontae and Ramsey. It's, it's not even like Ramsey came. Like Devin White came out and showed up, said them guys didn't deserve to be on the field with us when talking about that first. Like you, you, you cannot say that. When you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, I find it funny because we're winning with six minutes to go in the first quarter with the ball. I mean, you know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, they did kick. It, it, it was, there's always these Packers games where, I mean, we saw it with the 49ers last year where it's like, it really is like the boy that escalated quickly from Anchorman in a bad way. Um, I, I don't, I, my hunch is between the snow. Here, and you know, let me throw this stat here because I have a bunch of things I wrote down for this game. There's so many different angles you can look at it. Um, so I'll throw a couple things at you. So Tampa is on a six-game winning streak. Green Bay is on a six-game winning streak. We talked about it on Monday that the Packers have made four of the last seven NFC Championship games. Uh, they've been in three of the last five. Where meanwhile, Tampa hasn't been in the playoffs since 2007. So, right, they're going on this run. That's not me saying, like, oh, I mean, because obviously Tom Brady's been on a few runs of his own. Uh, and so is Gronk, right? But, you know, to that point, um, here's the thing I want to bring up. You know, when you look at this game, there's a lot, a lot of things I want to bring up. But... This is the fifth road game in six uh, games for the Bucs. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, is that going to tire him? Because I'll add, I will at least do this. I will add the chaser. If you're going to take that shot as a Bucks fan, here's the chaser. They haven't lost um, a road game since that Chicago game. What was it week four, I think? Yeah, no, week five. Sorry, it was week five. It was Thursday night game week five. So they haven't lost a road game since week five. And that was the only one they lost the entire season. So, like, what do you make of all that? And, and I'll even just make it a three-team parlay with my comments, right? Like, everyone's saying, like, oh, well, these guys can handle it. They're, the Colts not going to be that big of a factor. Like, I mean, right, the run game, if Ronald Jones starts running the ball, I mean, like, I don't know. What do you make of all this? With the, uh, basically, we'll, we'll start with the road warrior stuff, and you guys can just take it from there. I'm freaking I mean, out. Yeah. So their last six games, Karen. Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta again, Washington football team, New Orleans. Five of those six were all losing teams that were probably were, were no match. You know, at, you know, after their bye week, where you have the bye week, it's all mojos flying, all that good stuff. So the road warrior thing is absolutely, it's, it's an amazing stat for sure. But I think recently, 
they haven't really played anyone. And I'll even double down and say they, even the Saints. Like, the Saints gave them that game last week, in my opinion. Yeah, even if it was only a 10-point win, I mean, they, they kind of handed it to them in the second half. So, I don't know. I don't think that Tampa has seen a team like the Packers in a long time. And added that it's in at Lambeau. You said it's going to snow. Is that the weather report? Alexa, what's the weather going to be in Green Bay on Sunday? On Sunday, January 24th in Green Bay, Wisconsin, there will be snow flurries with a high of 28 degrees Fahrenheit and a low of 16 degrees. Stopping! Temperatures dropping, folks! High 28, low 16, snow flurries 1 to 3 inches. And the Packers live in that. They'll, they'll go out, you know, barefoot and cut it off and make snow angels. Well, you know, it's funny. I feel like that's what I love that. Can I, I'll, I'm going to jump in there real quick and add that comment. This sounds ass backwards, but I love when I'm on Twitter about an hour before the game and I'm about to throw up because I'm so nervous. And you see like, oh, and Dominican students like, war- like, what was it? The Titans, the one guy was warming up with like no socks and shoes on, like in the snow and his bare feet. I'm just like... That's perfect. Like, you're so thinking about this. It's so in your head. Like, you're just like, because, you know, the people that have to do that, and no offense, Zach, it was like that. I think when we played you guys, everyone was, like, warming up OBJ and all of them were warming up shortlist. There you go. I'm just like, that's fine. Like, you know, like, it's in your head. Like, if you're thinking, like, you're trying to prove it's not in your head, like, which it's almost like when a, when a guy's, oh, like, uh, you know, it's, you know, everyone knows. Like, it's that whole thing. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to like throw the Giants on the bus there, low key at the end. There. I was more just said <laughs> Odell, so you're not gonna hurt my. Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I wanted to make sure that it was him. So it was really, it was more of an OBJ comment, not the Giants. Whatever, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no offense taken. No. You kicked our ass two other times before that. So to that point, I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so to that point, Jack, that do you want, I, Jack, do you want to hear a hot take? Because I have one. Let's hear it. So our friend Fitz, um, he he thinks that you guys are destined to sign OBJ back. All right, no, 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 no. This show's not going that direction. <laughs> Chad, I'm in the fight of my life here. We're talking about Championship Sunday. You want to talk about something that's never going to happen with OBJ coming back? To that will never happen. Even if it did happen, could honestly, there's really anything going to happen. No, like, it, it really wouldn't change you guys that much. So can we just move on to more important things like the game that's going to happen on Sunday? Because I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> All right, well, actually, to that point, Zach, let's let's stay on the Giants here for a second. I'll keep this relevant. I'll spin it in your way. Everyone's probably thinking, like, how much coffee did he have before the show? It's like, no, no, this is just anxiety, folks. But, um, (laughs) but, all right, Zach, this is actually my fear about the game, right? Like, I keep seeing, like, PTSD of that 07 Giants team, NFC Championship, cold weather, they don't care, they're in, they're in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're the Road Warriors, but they beat Tampa, they beat Dallas, and they went up to Green Bay. It's just like, that's... I'm just kind of sitting there. And everyone was like, no, you're going to beat the Giants. Like, they're not even good. They went 9-7. and seven. Like, they eat five. They eat five. Like, they'll be, you got this. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's how I feel at this game. You know what I mean? It's just like, they can run the ball like you guys could. They could play good defense like you guys could with their front seven. Like, I'm just looking at this. And I'm like, this has the same blueprint. I mean, I will say the only difference is Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre. Yeah. He's not going to air mail, you know, like, Two-day express the ball to, to Corey Webster right in his chest. Yeah, yeah. No, that was and that was kind of the point. I think the Packers team is a lot different than those other – the ones you're referencing. I like it short and sweet. I like that. Just kind of – Pretty technical take for you. That's like me when I text you guys books and then you guys just give me a couple of – like, you're all right. <laughs> um, all right, but uh, Bay is back on, on the defensive line. I don't know how many snaps he's going to get. Antonio Brown's also day-to-day. When you look at the injury report for the Bucs, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I see Tampa Bay's offense looked a little slow the last few weeks. I mean, I don't know. But I you know, the Packers' run defense has been really strong this year. Mm, for the for the back nine, for, right? And that's the back nine in this case means the most. You know, so you know, we're play, we, This isn't some of those things where you go to ball run where they make a start ten. No, right, exactly. So, <laughs> um, no, I, I think their run defense has been been really strong lately. So, in in Leonard Fournette, really. He ran for 60-some yards last week, and he had a receiving touchdown. You know, playoff Lenny, sure, okay. Is that worthy of a nickname? I don't know, but um, he's stoppable, and so is Ronald Jones. You have more yeah. here. So I, I kind of see this going like Packers are up 7-10 to 10 throughout most of the game. And Brady gives us one of those, like, you know, I'm still Brady-type moments, leads him down the field, makes it a three-point game or tie game, whatever whatever situation pans out there. Um, but it's just – it won't result – it's not going to be a win. Like, they're, they're going to still lose. We're just going to be, like, reminded that, that Brady still has some heroics in him. I hope so. And, and then you look at, like, the whole idea of, like – it's going to come down to Rodgers. It's fine. I'm, like, pulling up this clip right now of Rodgers and that end zone throw he had. Um, against the Rams, where it was second and 17, he was basically pinned in the end zone. It looked like it was going to be a safety, and he delivered that strike to Lazard for like 20 yards. To me, that is so. I don't think it's so key to this. It's like, yeah, no kidding, Karen. But to me, I feel like that's so important because there's going to be those moments, right? Can you move the chains? It's it's those little plays. I don't think it's fair to look at a game like this and say, oh, well, the Packers are going to win because of the weather. Oh, the Packers are going to win this game because they have Aaron Jones or Dante Adams or Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the, the Buccaneers are going to win because they have Tom Brady. It's going to be third and seven. Who's going to be the chance? Who's going to get off the field? Like, it's those little trench wars um, that, to me, are going to make the ultimate difference. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers has been doing that all season. He hasn't he hasn't wavered at all. And, and you know, real quick, before we're, we're talking about obviously championships, we got to give the CB kid credit. Remember, so we were chatting. Remember, um, I think it was one of our week day, uh, weekend shows, Zach. We were doing, we were talking to him about uh, some fantasy advice. He won his league. Oh, there you go. Hey, oh, yeah, that's congrats. awesome. Congrats. Oh, yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, you know, I love those stories. That's a success story. That's right. We should do fantasy consulting. Could you oh, imagine yeah. we start a we'll do billable hours and stuff like that? <laughs> billable hours. Yeah, oh, my God, it'd be fun. Funner than you know, IT consulting or whatever. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell me. I, I get it. <laughs> oh, um, all right, but let's. Uh, I mean, do, uh, so. I'll, I'll throw one more other stat at you as I as I chew on this game a little longer. Aaron Rodgers threw five picks this uh, this season. Two of them went through that Buccaneers game. Both pick sixes. Or sorry, no, one was a pick six. One basically set him up for a touchdown. I mean, like, am I just harping on on nonsense here, Chad? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't a good game for you guys. You, you... The Eagles, the Super Bowl year, they lost to the Chiefs, they lost to the Seahawks. Like, it, those games sucked. Um, oh, they lost to Dallas. So, I mean, that was with all backups in. But still, like, the games they lost were terrible, and you didn't want to remember them, but it, it's building blocks, dude. Like, it, it's it's, it's going to happen throughout the year. Yeah. Now, all right, let me, let me throw this real quick out here. I feel like my keys to the game would be, right, the Packers have to establish a run. They couldn't do that. Aaron Jones, I think, had less than 40 yards rushing in that game. Uh the Bucks had no sacks and no penalties in that Week Six matchup, uh, so I mean, not saying like, oh, well, that'll change, but it's like I would more emphasize on the sacks. But like, oh, you gotta bring, you gotta hit Brady. I mean, come on now. Um, but I really think it's gonna come down to turnovers. I think that's a key time of possession, obviously, but more so turnovers, right? I mean, you saw how much they harvested on the Saints' turnovers, four of them, right? 
Yeah. I, th- I think to get um, Aaron Jones a little bit more, you know, involved, I think they need to also get, get A.J. Dillon a little bit because A.J. Dillon is, you know, the north-south branch. Mm-hmm. He's going to run you over type guy. And I think Aaron Jones is a little bit of both. So I think if you kind of throw the defense off by rotating them in, um, Jamal Williams obviously too. But I think if you can do that, I think that could help, you know, and it helps run the clock. Obviously, it keeps Brady on the bench. So. And that's it. You want to you do a little fantasy chatter for fun? A little da- daily fantasy chatter? Why not? Let's help the CB kid out. Um, so, you know, we're talking, obviously, Green Bay. So he's stuck between MVS and Alan Lazard. They have been targeting MVS quite a bit lately, it seems. Because I had him on my daily fantasy last week. MVS. And it was, you know, not bad for, like, a third wide receiver. And that third down play he made, just that inspired me so much. Like, he yeah. played so well. I felt like, like he blocked well. They both blocked really well. Yeah, I think my thing with... Lazard has more, I think, touchdown potential, but I think, but it's like boomer bust. Like you know, I think he could get three catches for eighty yards, or he could get two catches. You know, for for, for I don't know. It's, it's just hot or cold to me. Yeah, and you know I, better though. Yeah, I would roll. Yeah, I would roll with Alan Lazard. I think just from the sheer fact that that MVS, you're either gonna get like thirty points from him, and he's gonna catch like two touchdowns, and you're gonna hate us because like it's that one game every six games he does it. It's just like. But I'll tell you what, the CB kid, I've been on the other side of it where he's been on my fantasy team. And I plugged him in. I'm like, it's going to be this week. And it's like, and then you get three points. And you're just like, like you put your, you know, right? You get head against the wall. So I, I think you go to Alan Lazard. Plus, the Bucks haven't seen him. Uh, he was out for that because he had the sports hernia. Um, that was the week he, he was out. So there you go. Yeah, I think, I think you go with Alan Lazard. It's a little bit of a, a mystery pick because you don't know how obviously Tampa Bay is going to attack him and see how he does, but he's such a good blocking wide receiver. I feel like that opens up more abilities and more catches for him because at that point there's, there's different um, offensive looks, right, where it looks like he's going to block and he goes out for a route and then Rodgers finds him. So I feel like that's probably for a daily fantasy where you got to eat a little bit and just get those stats and collect and build the village. I think Alan Lazard's your best bet. Yep. I also finished last. Uh, well, Chad and I both finished last. Hey, up top, Chad. Um, we both finished last in our in our fantasy league, so I feel like Zach's actually probably the better one to talk to about this. Although Chad, a little a little tanky there. Yeah, I Zach. had I was forced to tank because the league was rigged against me. So it's like easy. no easy easy. I tried trading my players and nobody would trade with me. I was I'm very upset with that league. <laughs> oh, and also Aaron Jones. You know, let's do a little, let's do a little betting chat real quick before we move into the other game real quick. <laughs> So, um, I don't know, I know, but the spread's been moving around between three, three and a half. Uh, the over-under is 51 and a half. Uh, for whatever it's worth, the spread week six was the same thing. Tampa was getting three. Uh, the Packers are 11 and six against the spread. Tampa's 10 and eight. Um, what was the other thing I was going to add in there? And I guess, and the CB kid on the chat was saying that, uh, Aaron Jones is over, excuse me, over-under 60 yards. 60 rushing, rushing yards? Mm-hmm. Uh, taking Aaron Jones is over. Um, yeah, I love that. And I'm going to take Packers. Packers in the under. I'm going to do a live check real quick on what A.J. Dillon's rushing yards would be. Oh, it's probably like 30 or 28. I was going to say 27, 28 and a half yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, I like the under as well because I think I, I really think both teams are going to look to run the ball you know, keep the other quarterback on the bench. And I think with snow involved, they might not be as risky until later in the game. But you, don't, but you like the under, you said? Yeah, I do. Under 60 yards? No, 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 no under 51 total. Oh, oh, sorry, okay. Um, I'm trying to find this A.J. Dillon thing real quick. 
I wonder what Aaron Jones combined receiving and rushing yards is probably. It's probably like 85 or 90 or something like that. It's 85 and a half. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. So let's try to jump in real quick to the – let's go to the AFC game. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've harped, harped on my Packers enough. Um, but all right, so let's jump into that. So, yeah, I mean, this one's going to be a doozy. And I do, Zach, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off because I feel like, you know, this is your uh, – you're you're kind of your your second team, you know. Uh, yeah. Good thing, which is a good thing. But but you know the Bills are going to Arrowhead, right? Six forty on uh, CBS. What, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think I think I think you know both games are going to be great, and uh, I think this game is going to be you know at Arrowhead. You know this the Bills remind me a lot of the Chiefs from last year, and the Chiefs I think teams are starting to figure them out a little bit. The Chiefs are still very dangerous, obviously. But I think teams are starting to figure them out a little bit. Um, the Bills, since week six, are 11-1, and one, with the one loss being the Hail Mary from Kyler Murray. Are you serious? Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, the Bills are hot, and, I mean, that can end, obviously. But I look at a couple things. Cole Beasley, who's had a hell of a year, over a 1,000-yard receiving year, totally under the radar. Um He's fully healthy. He was a little bit banged up recently, and, and he's a full participant this week. He looks like he's going to be back to his old self. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs' defense are going to be really focused on Stephon Diggs, obviously, and I think that'll free up um, John Brown a little bit. This piece of John Brown, I think he could be, as Chad used the term, the X factor. I think he's going to be the X factor for the for the Bills on offense. One thing that scares me, Karen, I know you're going to say it too, is the Bills' lack of run game. Uh, I think Zach Moss is out. Is that is that right? So, Devin Singletary is the main guy. I, yeah, I believe so. I was gonna. It's funny you say that because it, I just I, I, I keep saying that all week. I feel like that's that that's the thing I can't get over in this game. I like the Bills, but they don't run the ball. But here's a question for you: So, did the Chiefs have much of a run game either? You know, I mean. Yeah, but they kind of hit you with different layers. They have Le'Veon Bell, you know. I feel and like Edward Delaire is going to come back probably. You know him more than anyone as a fantasy guy. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think the Bills, but the the Bills run defense, like I said, the Packers is also is, is strong. You know, um, not that having the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hand is a walk in the park, but I'll tell you this: I feel like if you're not going to, if you're not going to, and Chad, give you a second. I was going to say real quick: if you. If you take away the whole, like, oh, the Bills can't run the ball, the one thing that put my mind at ease a little bit about them where the question marks were still looming for me, they had a game where they won with their defense. 17-3 with a pick six. You know I mean? Their offense had that touchdown to Diggs, but that's, that's it. I mean, right, Justin Tucker missed the field goals for the Ravens. So I think it's nice to see you can win a game kind of on with riding your defense's shoulders. And, and, you know, that's almost a makeup instead of being able to run the ball. Sorry, I need to cut you off there, Chad. Oh, we're good. Uh, I mean, but uh, my point was just completely unrelated to what you just said. So I wanted to know exactly when they respond. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So my personal feelings on this game is I feel like what's being overlooked a lot um, is everyone's just kind of like, well, Mahomes got concussed, and we'll see if he clears protocol completely. Now I know he's been practicing. Um, which is still, like, you can be in protocol in practice. Um, he's not fully cleared for gameplay yet. So um, what I'm trying to say here is everyone's focused on his head, which, yes, that looks terrible. Um, but he hasn't really shown any symptoms 
since that that moment in the in the game, um, according to the Chiefs. I'm more concerned um, with remember in that game he hurt his foot and there, he could put no pressure like he was not running on the this, toe. I'm playing the highlights right now. Look at him running in the end zone here. That looked kind of like ginger hot. Yeah. Like, he was running on his heels. He did not want to go to his toe at all. So, like, that kind of thing scares me when, you, when you're playing a team like the Bills who can score in a, in a heartbeat because for the, for the Chargers, not Chargers, wow, I said Chargers, Chiefs, for the Chiefs to score at where, like, they usually are, are, are accustomed to, he has to step into those throws. So, like, that, that's a big X factor to me. Completely. Takes away a little bit of mobility too. You know, if there's any pressure, and yeah. that's just huge. And by the way, Uncle Ricky, we didn't we didn't ignore your question. We'll, you want to do a little Super Bowl prediction at the end of the show? Sure. Yeah, I like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I might sit out. I feel like can I be that guy and just sit out? Because I feel like, I'm like I can't. I can't. I'll, I'm going to say it's Bucks whoever. Like just just because. <laughs> like that's I mean. So you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, there's a few other things I'm looking at in this one. So. I, I think you're right, Chad. That foot is where we start. Because he was grabbing at that the whole game. I, yeah. No, and I'm not saying, like, oh, man, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. It's more we're basically saying, like, like, there's a bullet in Superman's foot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's, he's not, he's 97%, not on 100. But, like, that does take a bit of the edge off, if you will, if you're a Bills fan. Um, but I guess I, I just keep thinking about the run game. I can't get past it, Zach. I can't. For, for the Bills, they don't run the football. But sometimes I wonder if they just choose not to run it because they just don't want to. They'll catch up to them, though, right? I don't know, man. We're, 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 we're in that stage of football now where it's like it's, it's, it's one game. Like, I know it's two games to, to win it, but, like, you're, you're taking this like it's you – play, you're playing this game. It's one game for the rest of your life. So yeah. anything, anything can really happen. And, and I'll say this, Zach, to your point about, like, maybe they don't need to run. I feel like Cole, if there's ever, like, a, a, I kind of just spilled it over, like, yeah, there it is, Cole Beasley. But I feel like if there's any, like, pass or passport, if you will, to kind of get you past the whole, like, we don't really need to run the ball because we can do different things. Cole Beasley's kind of like that Randall Cobb, kind of jack-of-all-trades, kind mm-hmm. of old-school player that, that I feel like opens things up for Diggs, he opens things up for John Brown, or he opens things up for, like, the tight end group. I feel like he is really the guy that has made them kind of take that next jump in that passing game. Besides Diggs, obviously. I mean, obviously Diggs is the headline act, but it's almost like the guy before the concert that really got you hyped up is Cole Beasley that was really good, ironically enough, as a musical musical artist. I, I mean, I, so uh, I guess what you're, you're, about, you're alluding more like because he runs a slant, like kind of short routes that can, you know, get you like six, seven yards at yeah, the minimum. The linebackers got to keep their eyes at him kind of. Right, bit. right. Like you had six, seven yards at, at, at like a minimum and, you know, 15, 20 max unless he just goes, like he's not an OBJ where a slant's turning into a touchdown. But um, it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with the Chiefs and it's Danny Reed thing, it's Doug Peterson thing. Like they have the screen game, which takes over for the run every once in a while. Like they might run six screens a game um, that replaces five to six running plays um, in those in those calls. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a little similar. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing to note is uh, Rashawn, or how, how, do you, how do you say his first name, Breland? Oh, Rashawn Breland, yeah. He's in, concussion, he's in concussion protocol as well. And, I mean, you have to imagine he'd be the guy shadowing Diggs. And I'm sure he's going to be able to go, but it's just something to monitor. 
And uh, I, I think, you know, they're going to have Tyron Matthew kind of shadow Diggs' side more as but well. But that's always for Cole Beasley. And even uh, – I'll almost put this way. It opens up for John Brown. It's like a domino effect. I was about to say, like, it's because Cole Beasley – the line that, like, no one can, else can help him because Cole Beasley's there. So now John Brown might have some opportunities. Yeah, and John Brown, he, he's, he's a speedster. He he broke out last year. He was, I think, a top 15 or top 10 receiver last year. And this year I, he's battled injury on and off. I think one of the, the – uh, telltale signs of Josh Allen being a good quarterback is that wide receivers that have had careers that are like at a place for everyone can at least comment right like on one way or the other on the, how like they're doing Cole and they all I think everyone can kind of agree like Cole Beasley's been doing better in Buffalo than he is in Dallas so Bond Diggs is doing better than he is and great he had, had a great career in, in Minnesota but like now he looks like one of the best receivers in the league right where everyone's talking about him and I think that's a testament to Josh Allen right completely completely agree um, can, we, can we also talk about Matthew for a second? Like, yeah, just that I, I know he's been there for a little while now, and, and obviously has been producing. But before he went to Kansas City, it didn't it kind of seem like his career was like, like almost over. Like he wasn't playing well anymore. He seemed to step slow. Like it's it's kind of wild how good he's playing against Houston Island fast. It's <laughs> really what it is. <laughs> um, no, you're right, and, and Zach, you obviously feel free to chime in on this, but I feel like, at, at kind of at the top, is it, I feel like you're right, it's almost like a perfect marriage. The Chiefs kind of needed him because he brings that swagger to that defense that has always been a little bit of like a flat cola to me, yeah. um, right before like the the, the, um, the Bob Sutton defense, before Spagnola came over. Like So between Spag coming in and, and the Honey Badger coming in, like I feel like, and, and you're right, like I feel like he kind of needed them too. He needed that Andy Reid kind of hug around him to kind of, rewire his game and now he's playing kind of his max potential so i think you're right i think it's the best of both worlds for everybody yeah yeah agreed yeah said it perfectly thanks thank you <laughs> I, I, I spewed so much trash today on the show because you know as, as the nerves have uh been, been pulled i like i feel like my face is right i'm like i'm, I'm all over the place but um, all right, real quick, I'll tell you, you know, um, the other thing I want to look at is Tredavious White and Tyreek Hill. Mm. Yeah, I think that'll That's be good. kind of fun. I think Tredavious, yeah, I think yeah. Tredavious White gets overlooked a little bit, so should be, maybe maybe it's a, you know, he lets the, the world know who he is a little bit more, but we'll see, or not. And I'll throw this out here, I saw two stats. But who's, by the way, who's announcing this game? Uh, Nance and Romo. Okay, so Romo's going to be like, you know, having his, uh, I, I I wanted to say a word that we probably shouldn't say, but he's going to be um, giddy. Yeah, he's going to be giddy all over Tyreek uh, <laughs> Hill. Like I, I know he was going nuts the whole game, but I, I couldn't get over the fact that he thought that the Chiefs were some like reinventing the wheel with that Tyreek Hill runs a a, a post. He I runs a post. That was so funny, the, the fourth down play where he's like, this is simply, like, I, and I didn't pick it on Terry Romo because, like, I don't blame him. And at this point, I think it, I kind of just laugh with him because he's such a good broadcaster with these types of little X's and O things that, like, I believed everything he was going to say. And he's like, this is a simple no play. Like, they're not going to snap yeah. it. You can see everyone knows. Like, this is definitely, like, you're gonna, <laughs> this is not, we're not going to run anything. And then, like, it was like they snapped. It's like, ah! <laughs> like, you're going to get asked to prom. Like, it was yeah. <laughs> um. But, all right, real quick, do you guys want to do a, little, a very general – I'll turn to you guys. Don't – you guys – one of you have to say the Buccaneers. Like, just be a friend. And just say it so I don't, like, freak out. But Super Bowl predictions. Chad, you want to go first? Mm, I see. I'm, I'm Packers, Bill. 
Packers Bills. I think that's. I think the Chiefs uh, have met their match. Um, and this will be a team that that sends Andy back to those championship game woes. Um, and I think I think the Packers do it. I'll be yes. I I agree completely, but I will say Bucks Bills. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. Thanks for being a friend. Um, by the way, how many more power plays can the Flyers be on that score, Chad? Uh, well, I, I, yes, I agree with you on that point, but they've also have defended. They've, they've taken off a couple uh, penalty kills. The PK has been okay. Yeah, that's fair. But that's pretty they were great right against us in that second game on penalty kill. Okay, but you kicked our ass in that first game. First game, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think that was, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's an explosion. We'll split. Yeah, yeah, split. Yeah, we'll split. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, it's funny. All right, real quick. Do you guys want to um, – let's do a little show versus street. So, Chad, this is perfect because this was a new segment we brought in after, yeah. you know, after, post-COVID. Well, like, whatever. Obviously, we're still in the COVID world. But, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, you had to go back and, you know, yeah. right, we didn't have you. Yeah. So, Zach, I'll say, Zach, do you want to get the bell backdrop on it? Yeah, so basically... Hey, I feel like a corporate call. I'm like, uh, Zach, do you mind uh, speaking to Show versus Street for Chad? Thank you very much. You're, like, you're on mute. You're on mute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically it's like, well, yeah, someone will ask one of us a question. Like, I'll ask you or Karen will ask you a question, and uh, it'll be a certain topic, and you have to give your, like, professional show take, for, and then your take about, like, what you would say like, when you have, like, three Oh, man, the captain. The there we go, Flyboys. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I was also listening to it. So, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's like if you're like out like with your buddies and it's like... You're, you're the, uh, the, the IG versus the Twitter kind of thing, yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. The offsides. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah, so sorry, it's that point. I, you know, I'm like over here, I'm like, you, you, Zach's doing a good job explaining, like, are they offsides? Um, <laughs> Were they? You're not. Uh, all right, but to that point, Uncle Ricky's probably watching the game. He's a big Flyers guy. Oh, nice! All right, Uncle Ricky, here we go. Um, yeah. It's fine. I love what the question real quick. Let's just say there is a Packers Bills Super Bowl. How would we do the show? You know, what? No, 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 no. I'm not taking this bait. No, you know what? We're gonna get to that bridge when we get to that bridge. That's a good problem to have. We can do that. <laughs> we're we're not we're not playing these games because you know I'm gonna take a page out of the, the Bruce uh, Arians apple this week. Where you start talking about that, that's not the game we're playing that that this week. The game we're playing this week for Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Start talking about that game, we're gonna get your ass kicked. Like mm. that's that's how I feel right now. But he said I was always like hyped up. I'm like let's go. Like <laughs> uh, I got a little rowdy there. I like it. I'm not okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. This is bad. This is not good. Uh, all right, let's go back to Shiver Street. Uh, all right, do you want me to go first just to calm me down? And I'll even take a non-football topic. Yeah, yeah, you know, let's do that. Let's distract right. you from the football. So, since the Sixers in their first place now, I believe, in Eastern Conference, that shows they're an NBA title contender now, right? Legitimately. Now I'm asking real quick, Chad. Did he cut out for you? Because I it cut out for me, but I a little bit, yeah. But I, I. I I understand the question. So you're asking so, Big Sixers six, win. The Sixers just, just had a big win against the Celtics. Their first in the Eastern Conference. That means yeah. they're a, a legit title contender now, right? Okay, yeah. So I'll take – I'll go show first. So, yeah, I mean, it's a huge win. I mean, right I, – I would look at it if you're an NBA fan, Eastern Conference especially, you look at the Sixers and you say, 
that's kind of been their whole thing. They don't beat the Magic, right? They, they struggle against, like, the, the Hornets on a Tuesday night in February, right? Like, they don't beat the Hawks at home, like, a random night in October. They're, they're winning those games with Doc Rivers, which is at least setting them up for a better road for success, right? Like, they're not having to worry about playing Kawhi and the Raptors, if you will. Not obviously how he's gone, but I just mean, like, that matchup from years ago. You're not seeing that same matchup now, like, which would hopefully you're going to see a better matchup, but all right, there you go. That's a short and sweet to the point for the show's uh, thing, but let's get to the real take, the, the opinion. Um, I, I, all right, Chad's not going to agree with me on this, but I, I think me and Joe Pierre are in the same boat where it's just like, wake me up when the playoffs happen. That's how the NBA seems to jive in general. It's like, then we'll really see if, if that offense is going to gel with the three-point shooters, with Seth Curry and all those guys. Right, like I really like how Embiid's playing, but I think I'm always going to doubt this team until they show me that they can win those big games. Reasonable. Yeah. All right. So now, am I asking Kieran a question, or am I also answering that? Well, question? we could. You want to throw Chad his one? Well, it was originally Josh McDaniels as the Eagles. Oh yeah, I texted. <laughs> I because I actually texted him this morning. This, but I haven't. I had to change. No, it's fine. I changed it for you. Chatty boy, so I'll ask you because I was texting Zach this morning about him. Um, so it's interesting because you brought it up. So uh, this is actually a perfect segment because it's like, okay, you got to have two opinions. Well, I mean, maybe not, but Jeff McLean had that tweet out. You're right. Like, so, and you were saying earlier that like he has that negative take. I actually would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, I, I kind of like reading his articles more because at least I feel like there's like a little bit more base to it than like an Elliot Share Parks or I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, no, that's fine. No, it's, you can tell me if it's flop, but. He's seen a you know, source familiar with uh, Sirianna's credentials, good guy, solid candidate, barely smart, but not super smart, concerned is likely to top out a B-level coach for this team and be a mix in the playoffs, but not a real Super Bowl chance, low drama, even kill guy. Basically, he's feeding into those rumors saying that he's going to be a yes man for Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. So where, where are you with that whole thing? And we'll go from like a show perspective that like the album must kind of do a quick translation to make it easier for you. Eagles hired a yes man. Like, like, where, where are you with that? So, um, show-wise, I think you have to look at everything with, with a clear lens um, and kind of break it down. Like I was saying in the beginning of the segment was there's so much stuff to read and hear and learn um, with a guy that you don't know much about, right? Um, so I, I think you can't jump the gun on January 21st um, saying that, that, that you know, he, he's going to have a low grade and, and our, our ceiling is a playoff run, um, but we, we can't win a Super Bowl. Like, the same kind of stuff was said about LaFleur, the same kind of stuff was said about Judge, the same kind of stuff was said about Doug Peterson, like, to be completely honest. Um, so, like, you're always going to have the negative of negatives, and you're always going to have the positive of positives. you got to find that balancing beam and, and just kind of pray, hope. Like, you, you get the best side of them. Um, so, I, I think that I don't really have an answer other than we have to wait and see from a show perspective. Um, but that's a fa- like, street. So, me just going into my fan mode now. <laughs> I... I mean, I, I feel like I always bring up JL because he's the, the number one target, but I really do think that, that the media in this town um, goes a little above and beyond. Um, and I don't really mean that in a good way. Um, I, I, 
I, I really do think like they spend extra time trying to find people that will give them a take or an opinion that they can throw out there that seems really bad. Um, so they can get those clicks, they can get that interaction. People can call them stupid. People can be like, "Oh, you're right," all that kind of stuff. Because they'll get everything when you say that kind of a kind of a thing. Um, but I really do think it's like like ninety four today with 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 Ike Reese. He brought on Danny Woodhead, a guy that played for the coach that we're hiring. That's who they brought on. Like when you talk to these people. That's who you should talk to initially. You shouldn't be like, I don't need to see a source from some random guy in the NFL that you're not even going to say, or probably none of us are going to know, even if you did say, is telling me that this guy is, is a terrible hire. I just don't want to read that. I don't want to see it. And it's well, getting to the point where it's pissing me off. It's not a case. What happens if he's a good coach? And you know, I'll throw a stat out here. I actually forgot to throw this out here. I'm glad I'm going to throw it out before the show. Chad, you know, every coach that has been under Jeffrey Lurie's hire has won the NFC East. Yeah. At some point, yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's got to be some trust in that. I mean, the guy's guy's a – is he a billionaire? It might be just a millionaire. But – Alexa, what is Jeffrey Lurie's net worth? Here's something I found on the web. According to thelicious.com, Art Beeler, Writer and investor Jeffrey Loria has an estimated net worth of five hundred million dollars. So the Jack S. Uh, owner from the past is uh, has a net worth, but I don't. I, come on, I bet, come on, Alexis, you're better than that. Sorry, five hundred million. Is that what it's Jeffrey Loria, the old Loria. Oh. <laughs> all right, sorry, but. Let's get back to your question, all right? Let's. Oh, let's. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I think it's Chad. Oh, that's it, Chad. You're not. No. Did you, Two billion. Did you have something else you wanted to throw out there? What was it? Two billion. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was. Yeah, he's a billion. So, like, yeah, he's a billionaire. Like, he's he's made a lot of money. Um, so I'm I'm gonna have to assume he's hired some people in his day. Like, he's he's he's, he's done this rodeo before. So I, I I do always trust him in this sense that I think it, even if it won't be the best coach. I think it'll probably be a good guy. Like you know, that that should be a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me throw this one at you, Zach. Ready? Hmm. I'm going right for the heart. Philip Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't know, I like echo with my like hands and stuff, but that was good. I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to like, so get, get ready I'm, to go here. I might be breaking the show versus street code because my take for both is is identical. Oh, I love it. No, I love that. Um, so, all right. So, Phil Rivers is fifth all-time in passing yards, pass completions, and passing touch- touchdowns in the history of the NFL. Um, I know, obviously, the pass has evolved more so in recent, you know, the last 20, 30 years than it did back when the NFL started, but whatever, he's still fifth all-time in those three categories. That's ahead of, and Dan Marino's a Hall of Famer, right? Dan Marino is sixth in passing yards, seventh in pass completions, and sixth in passing touchdowns. You can argue Dan Marino won a lot more games than Philip Rivers, which he did. Um, Philip Rivers' playoff record, five and seven, so nothing you know super sexy there. It's not that bad though. It's, I mean, it's really not that horrible, especially if you get buys. I'm gonna throw that out there real quick, though, not to cut you off in your thunder there. I, I think that should be a stat when you look at someone's playoff record, just like have a little like like bubble next to it that mm-hmm. says like 
they also had three buys. Like, because it's almost like they really kind of earned those wins by how well they played. But sorry, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And no reason why I'm picking Dan Marino is because he's right next to Dan Marino in every staff category, essentially. Marino is 8 and 10. Neither of them never won ever won Super Bowl. That's obviously Pokemon's biggest knock because Super Bowls do matter when it comes to, even though it's a team sport, Super Bowls do matter in the, in the Hall of Fame. So, do I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer? Yes, I do. But I do not think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You're going to hate me when I say this because I think I agree with you, but I also just feel like like he's the guy that deserves to get in over Eli. Eli has two rings, but I feel like the rest of it's just like, not like, oh, like what else? But like, not like that. But I just mean like, I get it. Phil, I feel like is a better, almost like, if I had said to you, like, hey, by the way, like, he'll still have the rings, like, you'll have two guaranteed rings, but everything else after that is just like completely like, out in the open, you can just go for it. Would you take Phil over Eli? That's a hard question to ask. No, no, because I'd rather have rings, you know? No, no, I'm saying, like, you automatically get two of Phil. Like, you know you're going to – like, you can jump, put him in, and he'll automatically get you two, and then the rest is, like, you can replay any season out how he can. I don't know. I really don't because, you know, and, again, I know it's a team game, and, Chad, you alluded to it earlier, which was perfect with their defenses, how many times that cost him games late. Um, Eli was 8-4 and four in the playoffs. And Bill Brimmers, while, you know, some of some – he might be ahead of him in, by a couple spots in those – passing rankings and quarterback rankings like the I had said the yards completions touchdown. Um he only won I think nineteen more games than Eli did. So so they're not they're not too far apart when it comes to the winning thing except for the Super Bowl and the playoff time. So I think Eli's you know I'm biased obviously. I think Eli's first ballot because of the Super Bowl is the MVPs and the the historic run being the 0 Patriots, all that good stuff. Um Rivers is a Hall of Famer, not first ballot. All right, I like yeah. that. I think that's fair. I see where you're, I see what you're saying because all no, people deserve just be a little course, challenger for sure. Yeah. Now, all right, you know, let's let's do some positivity though. We'll we'll weekend wrap up. You know, let's let's do this real quick. You know, it's almost like we're doing like the the chilies, like happy happy birthday. Like I don't know, I'm just trying to get the vibe. Yeah, no, no, let me stop you for a second. Please, please. Are you, you clapping is is making you a mess. So. I didn't tell my family that I was I was getting back on the podcast. It kind of slipped my mind for the last one. Um, but they had heard me up here, you know, doing it. So they, they, they hopped on. And we were talking about it. And my one sister was just like, yeah, Kieran claps like every show. <laughs> I love that. Oh, there it is again. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of clapping. Yeah. I think that could be Italian deep down with all the hands. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. really can. <laughs> hey, you know, a little provolone? You know, come on, we can, we can make it happen. A little Italian, you know, get a little, uh, little pulled pork, you know. A little provolone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, no, I, it's funny. I, it's, I, I have the roll-ups in my, uh, in my fridge. It's the um, the prosciutto with the, the provolone wrapped in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for Championship Sunday, boys. That's, that's, yeah. like, that's, that's the stuff Tony comes down to and gets right out of the fridge and just, you know, eating at, at oh, 10 yeah. in the morning. The yeah, yeah. Sopranos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carmella. Uh, all right, but let's, let's get some, some I, I, not, every time I clap now, I feel like, thank God I don't have like a clap on, clap off. Like, could you imagine like, I just, like the screen just keep going dark. Yeah, right. um, all right, but let's do a little, little happy birthday vibes. So, all right, my cousin Megan, who is one of our top fans on the show, and oh my God, she's the best. Like, I, the amount of times, like, she, you know, either her or her husband Matt will chat in, like, the, and, and all right, my other cousin Mary Kate, like, they'll always chat in. But my cousin Megan, it's her birthday tomorrow, so we got to give her a happy birthday going into the weekend. And Friday's the best day for a birthday, too. Absolutely. Um, 
So I hope yeah, she has an awesome birthday. birthday. Yeah, yeah. I hope she has an awesome birthday. Um, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, well, we're not going to sing because, you know, honestly, that'd be a bad birthday present because, like, my voice would be all pitchy with, especially being nervous, you know. Happy birthday. Like, you know, um, it'd be bad. I'd be like Mickey Mouse. But I know my mouth is literally just like, it's like, all right, here, just stop, stop talking. The Packers are going to play on Sunday. Um, all right, but I'll tell you, you want to uh, wrap it up with a little uh, fight night, Zach? Because there's other sports going on the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we got uh, UFC 257 pay-per-view Saturday night. It'll be good. It's the uh, return of Conor McGregor after he retired for his third time against uh, Dustin uh, Poirier. And, uh, yeah, those two fought six years ago, 2014, and McGregor knocked him out. It's a quick one. Yeah, in the first round, pretty pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, it seems like McGregor is back on the, the whole kick of wanting to fight a bunch of times, and looks like Dustin is the first first victim. We shall see. Uh, it's in, it's funny. My clipmate was Conor McGregor, and literally as we were talking halfway through the show, I had another pop up saying that how he wants to fight seven times in the next eighteen months, which would be unheard of. But hey, cool. For the sport, <laughs> is he just going to stay at Fight Island? <laughs> yeah, he might as well. He's just going to rent an apartment in, in the the gym, the locker room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. It should be. It'll, it'll be a good fight. You know, these two they have a lot of animosity towards each other. They almost got in a scuffle, or I think they might have gotten in a scuffle at a in the hotel room uh, a while ago, back when they were first for fighting. So it'll be there's a lot of just pure hatred. From a betting perspective, um, Conor McGregor opened at minus two fifty. I think he's minus three thirty now. So a lot of you know a lot of people are hammering him. Yeah, for sure. So uh, wait, you have that right? What's that? You said it went from 250 to 230? Minus 250, minus 230. So more people are hammering him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're betting on him because he's becoming more of a favorite. Wait, from 250 to 230? 330. Oh, 330. I think you said 230. Jesus, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm, like, where am I missing this at? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Yeah, 250 to 330. Okay, yeah. okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, okay. That's, 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 that's a grass that's, slide. That's a wild swing. I mean, in, in any is. sport, but especially in, like, in the fight game, it's pretty hard. Is it more aggressive in the fight game than it is like in like a like a, a football game, if you will, or a basketball the, game? The betting swings. Yeah, like something like that. Like if a fight like goes from like two fifty to three thirty, like you were just saying, like oh. that's almost like a hundred dollars worth, if you will, like in the betting world. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, everyone's all over McGregor now. Here's an interesting thing from that first fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Poirier, right? Um, <laughs> if you remember correctly, he cried after being knocked out. So, I feel like, just in the sense of the fighting world, like, if you bring a man to tears, like, he's going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> like, yeah. The next time you fight, you, you, that, you made that man cry on national TV. Like, well, I guess pay-per-view TV, but same thing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, he's going to be looking for some payback. And uh, Poirier, Poirier, I forgot you say the last name, shame on me. But uh, he, uh, he brings a little bit more jujitsu. To the, to the octagon than Connor does, even though Connor's very well versed. Um, so he might be looking to take him down and maybe control the fight a little bit more. And Connor's going to want to stand up, obviously. Cause, cause that's, I mean, that's that's been one of Connor's MOs. And I feel like he always, you know, he's always like, oh, I've been practicing and practicing. But we're like, if someone can get him to the ground, like, that's, he doesn't do well there. No, exactly. And uh, Connor's three and two. Three and two in his last five fights, and granted, they've been over like the last three years because how on and off he's been. And uh, Dustin's four and one, so pretty similar. Um, they both faced some very challenging opponents like uh, Habib, and they both lost to Habib. And uh, 
McGregor keeps calling it Habib out, and, he, yeah. and I think he yeah. could be overlooking this one. So it could, it should be a very good fight. Well, I was gonna say, I'm gonna buy it. Like I feel like that was always the thing, right? When we used to do this thing during quarantine, we we're like, fight night, guys, fight night, yeah, like, like we'd be like, are you gonna buy it? Are you gonna buy it? We'd be like, uh, there's no other sports, so yeah, I, I will buy the fight. Like there's football, there's basketball. Like, are, are we still buying this one, if you will? Uh, if you will, just are you gonna buy the fight? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm buying it. Yeah. Well, I mean, am I gonna be with you? So who knows? Oh, we can do it. Yeah, we can do a little fight <laughs> that way, right? Yeah, I think the you know, co-main event, Hooker versus Chandler, and then you got I versus Calderwood. There are two other good fights, so it should be. And they're not going to sleep anyway on, on Saturday night, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, Saturday night. Oh, uh, <laughs> Saturday night. There you go. No, there you go. That, that's a good way to, to, get, to get off the stream. All right. Uh, you know, what's up, play? That didn't scare you away. Why don't you give us a follow, right? Spotify and iTunes uh, for all the audio episodes if you're – on the go, maybe you're jumping on a flight, you know, traveling for work, or uh, maybe you're just going to the car. You kind of just can't look at your phone. So throw an audio episode on uh, Spotify and iTunes uh, for all those good uh, episodes. And then social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit, at underscore get sidetracked. And you can check us out uh, on the website as well, www. I always, it's always like once a week I always get it wrong. Let's try it again. This is the website, www. Yeah. It's. <laughs> I suck. I'm so nervous. Get-sidetrack.com. There you go, Kieran. Wow, that wasn't so hard. All right, let's roll into the, the video stuff. Maybe that'll, that'll work better. All right, so follow us, heart to the left. Uh, subscribe to the uh, thing to the right, the button, I guess. Um, it's free for Amazon Prime. So as I always say, no excuse. Uh, and yeah, you can always do like the fun. We have to get those, uh, those different little graphics in there um, for our Twitch stream because it'll make it really worth it for uh, the subscription. But anyway... Uh, it's free to subscribe on YouTube. We have highlights and all sorts of good stuff on there, so you can get involved with Sidetracked uh, all over that. And then if you're really feeling, you know, the Sidetrack Club, make sure you check us out on the store. Got all sorts of cool stuff. Fanny packs, gift bags. <laughs> we actually have real clothes, sweatshirts, neck gaiters. Chad, you got to get a neck gaiter. Oh, I mean, I love the neck gaiters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're way better. Aren't they way better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I actually, I was... One of the, the downsides of this Super Bowl, um, they're, they're requiring... Oh, the no, what's the one downside about going to the Super Bowl, Chad? Please enlighten me. They're requiring the N95 mask, so I'll have to wear those for two weeks straight. That sucks, Chad. Oh, man. You could cut my head off as long as I'm alive, I'll still go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> are, there, are they going to allow fans? I forget. Yeah, so there's... I actually looked this up... Um, uh, for Kieran's sake, but then didn't text him because of the price. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I already checked. It, it's 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 uh, lowest price is five grand a ticket. So, <laughs> um, but it's actually cool. So I this is inside stuff because I'm going to be working it. Um, the NFL fan experience we're still doing it, um, but you just have to sign up for specific times each day. Um, so it's going to be like a, like a controlled crowd at, at every hour of the day. Um, but, you know, they're still going to have the full, like, everyone, like, my company. And I've never been down there. It's my first year at the company, obviously. So I don't know who else is down there. But all the other companies or, or businesses are, are, are still coming down as well. They should be doing that in general. I mean, that's why I feel like that's why I wouldn't go to it in the first place, COVID or not, because there's so many crowds. Like, that That would be perfect. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, yeah, all right. Um, stop talking about the Super Bowl. We, we got a game this week here. All right. 
Um, Zach, you ready to play therapist on Monday if uh, the Packers don't win? All right. Positive vibes, Karen. Positive vibes. I'm not a positive person. Well, you're just you're just realistic, but sometimes you know you gotta shoot for the stars and you gotta you know. Oh, I know. I'm nervous. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's realistic the Packers are going to lose. I think they're going to win, but you know. GVO, good vibes only? All right. Let's do it. All right. So we're we'll wrap up the show here. I want to thank everyone. For, this is a great chat. We had a great chat tonight. We had always been our fan. We had Uncle Ricky. We had uh, the CB. We had a lot of, we had all sorts of stuff. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you're listening to the recorded version of this, we always appreciate uh, the love afterwards. The fire squirt again. Look at that, Chad. I saw the fist pump. It made me look good over. I love that. There you go. You know, James Bear, James Sykes. All right. How are the receivers doing, by the way, Zachy? One, three. Okay. You want to get to that game, don't you, right now? Well, they, they play uh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, um, all right, perfect. So we'll wrap this up. And, uh, yeah, we'll see everyone in the living room uh, Monday at 7 o'clock.